Welcome to Focus on Claims with Ernie Bray, CEO of ACD. I got a lot of work to do. I got a lot of work to do learning guitar. But you know what? My guest today, he wanted to be a professional guitarist at one time. And I saw a story online about him, articles, and he runs the largest peer-to-peer motorcycle rental company. Interesting story. really intrigued me. So I wanted to invite him on the show here, Focus on Claims. This is, of course, Ernie Bray with ACD. Guillermo Cornejo, welcome aboard. Thank you, Ernie. Hey, well, hey, you know what? I saw your story. Really interesting what you're doing out there um, with this whole peer-to-peer platform. But before we jump into that, Tell me about your story, how you even got into becoming an entrepreneur. Tell our audience how you got in. Yeah, I mean, I think you already know Ernie, right? But uh, at some point, I guess, uh, starting in college, well, I gave up the guitar dream when, <laughs> because my parents insisted that I needed to make money and, you know, and then I, it's really competitive. Music, the music yeah. scene is so competitive. And, um, but yeah, and then starting, I, you know, I growing up in Peru, you see a lot of uh, people in poverty and whatnot. So like, as a five year old, I'm in the car and I, and there's a, it's Christmas and you see a child on the street begging for money. I'm like, mom, why don't they get presents, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I, at a very early age, I had an interest on, on fixing this. And so I went to school and studied economics, political science, you know, thinking I'm going to go work for the United Nations and fix this crap. Mm-hmm. But it's, instead, what I learned is that if you want to fix this kind of stuff, you need to become a billionaire and change laws and, and get really powerful, right? Uh, billionaires have more power than presidents. It's in, especially in smaller countries like Peru. And so, so then I started looking for entrepreneurial opportunities, you know, and, and then um, I crashed a motorcycle at uh, 80 miles per hour. Ooh, <laughs> that wasn't good. Get hurt? Were you okay? I broke, I only broke one hand. Uh, the, the burn, the burn from that road rush actually hurt more than the broken bone. Like now I've always wear leathers because Jesus, they, they really work. Um, yeah. But, um, and then, you know, I, I realized like, I'm not going to buy a new one. It's too expensive. I only use it on the weekends for fun. It's like a toy. Mm-hmm. So maybe I should just rent it every now and then when I feel the, the need for the adrenaline rush. Right. And, uh, and that's when I discovered renting a motorcycle is really freaking expensive. And um, so I thought, you know, with the peer-to-peer rental model and using uh, machine learning and risk management, we can cut down the cost, we can make it more accessible, and, um, and heck, we can maybe even grow the motorcycle riding in the U.S. by making it more affordable. So it took me three, three tries and five years, but finally in 2018, we, we were able to launch with a good product and, a, and an insurance policy that, that actually worked. And, wow. uh, and yeah, and since then we've grown to, you know, over 12,000 motorcycles have been listed on the platform. And today we, uh, we finally, we hit over 20,000 reviews and uh, um, the average reviews are like 4.97 stars. So it's like things are finally starting to go well. That's great. That's great. So let me ask you this. So, so you, when you came up with the idea, was there, were there challenges of people thinking, wow, this is not going to work or is this going to be tough to get people to rent out the motorcycles? Was there, was there some question by people? Did people doubt that at all? Oh yeah. Um, the first one was people won't lease their motorcycles that they're like their babies. Right. 
And, uh, but the ROI is so high on renting out your motorcycle that a lot of smart people are doing, you know, and buying more motorcycles. Uh, wow. Um, yeah. Hey, do, do people, that, hey, I, I just question, you, you know, they have that, what's that rally up in, um, is it North Dakota or Sturgis? Sturgis, Sturgis, Sturgis. Do, do, people, do, do people use the platform? They rent out motorcycles to go on things like that or? Oh yeah, a lot. We, in fact, we, we advertise on the Sturgis rally, um, you know, despite of the COVID and stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. So, so, so you came up with the idea and you know, the focus is how, how did you like put it all together though? Because coming up with the idea is, is, is awesome. But then like really rounding up the team and building your team, how did you form the company like that? How did you get it all together? Extremely difficult. Like I said, I failed twice before I, you know, before this third launch actually worked. And uh, I went through about five different software developers as potential co-founders mm -hmm. for settling on, on the current one, Brandon Lamb. He's, he's been amazing. And um, part of the reason why he's so good is that he loves motorcycles. So he's really invested in making it work. And uh, so, you know, passion sometimes beats smarts, you know, and yeah, yeah it's, he didn't go to Harvard, but he's, he's he built a whole thing by himself. It's amazing. You're right. It's all about the passion too. That really makes a difference. So, mm -hmm. so tell me how the consumer, like if I, okay, I got a Harley Davidson sit in my garage. It's great. It's a nice shape. I don't take, I only take it out every once in a while. If I theoretically, if I had one, how would I get in the network? How does it work? You know, let our listeners know how you, the whole thing works. Yeah. Um, so as a consumer, you, you have a motorcycle, you know, which is properly registered and not a seller's title and newer than 2000 and properly maintained. And then you, you list it on the website and, um, and then you receive booking requests. Uh, you can, you know, you can, there's a calendar there so you can set what dates are available or not. Uh, you can also believe, choose to deliver the motorcycle to people or offer them gear, protective gear like helmets for rent. And then as a renter, you need to verify that you have a motorcycle license before you can interact with owners. And, you know, you can message the owner before you book or you can book right away. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then, you know, they meet, uh, they meet up and uh, they take pictures of the motorcycle and they, they go on the trip. And then when they return, they, they take more pictures and they, they're submitted to ridership. And, uh, and yeah, and that's, that's it. <laughs> okay. So basically what you're saying is then uh, you're connecting the peer to peer like that. And then I would, or the, whoever would take the photographs when you go out to rent it, the owner would take the photographs to verify condition. If there was a scrap prior scratch or whatever. So you're verifying it's sort of like the rental car business as well, but for obviously for motorcycles. So then, the, then they, you said that they could actually rent out the helmet and or whatever other accessories. Um, so once they do that, then they go, they go out and they can take it for us. What is there certain lengths of time or does this vary based on the owner? Um, it, the minimum is one day. And yeah, I, I, there's people that have rented motorcycles for several weeks. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so how have you seen like the, 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 the COVID situation that we're going through right now? Have you yeah. seen people just want to like get out, explore, you know, to, have you seen an uptick in that? Have there been interest in people saying, Hey, I just want to get out and, and do something and, and an uptick in business to that or any change? You know, before COVID, 90% uh, of our customers were travelers. And so, as you know, the market that travel is down, like, you know, more than 70% year over year, right? Yep. So, so we, we saw a huge, uh, huge losses in, well, not losses, like we're growing 500% year over year and now we're growing like, you know, zero to 10% year over year. And so, because there's a lot of those travelers, but we did see more local renting, but like, to be honest, our, 
pricing is not uh, geared towards that. Um, so we need uh, we're, we're, we need to launch our uh, subscription in order to make like those local riders uh, work. Like for you know, like right, right now, because those people tend to rent more often, mm -hmm. and right now our prices are too high for for that. But with a subscription model, we can give them lower prices, and uh, you know, because we're locking them in. We know they're going to rent the motorcycle multiple times, so we can you know, offer them significantly lower prices. Well, yeah. I mean, when you think about it to some degree with the COVID situation, there may be some um, concern about people going back into public transportation. If you're in the cities, maybe you could obviously utilize that subscription model to rent out, you know, get around and have some transportation, maybe ways to work that in. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, the like motorcycles aren't really used for transportation in the U.S. Like the vast majority of people that have a motorcycle don't commute on it. They it's just recreational use on the weekends for fun on you know awesome rural roads, you know. And so, like that's more of the market. That's more of the market than for like the people wanting to go out there and have fun and take a like a you know, all day ride with a group of friends. More so, is that how it usually works? Yeah, and usually it's people that own motorcycles and are traveling and, you know, they love, you know, they want to explore the roads in whatever city they are going to. So but those people that, you know, of course, they're on, now they're traveling locally, but they're yep. using their own motorcycles, right? Yeah. <laughs> so our, what we need to do is um, target people that have a motorcycle license but no longer own a motorcycle. And, uh, but that is very, very difficult to do because uh, how do you find those, right? And they're not at the biker rally. And so right. we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. It's just yeah. that uh, it takes time. <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, hey, it's all part of a process. And I think it, there's a lot of opportunity there. You know, so building the platform, this is interesting. So you build, the, the, you know, a platform like this. It may look easy from the, on the site itself. Okay, this is, this is a simple idea. How do you use tech as a tech company? How do you integrate and, and, and get all these things to work uh, to make the whole platform work and, and rent like that. I mean, how do you, how did you connect it all? You're right. It, it looks very simple on the surface, but behind the scenes, we are actually running an insurance company, you know, like we, we have all these APIs to try to predict the risk of each customer crashing the motorcycle and, um, and in order to uh, manage the risk better with pricing. And uh, we, yeah, we, we have a, to integrate with our roadside assistance vendor. Um, when there's a claim, you know, when, we, when it, it's filed on the website and there's a, there's a lot, a lot going on behind the scenes. Okay. So that, that's right. Now you're hitting right in the, the passion that I do. You know, obviously this is called focus on claims. And that's what I'm into, the claims business over 25 years doing this. Um, tell me about like how a claim would affect like the process goes. And now you, we talked at first how when you rent the vehicle, you're going to document all the damage with the owner and you make sure when they turn it back in. And in the most, obviously, most ideal cases, it's a smooth transition. You know, hey, you rent the, rent the motorcycle, you turn it back in, there's no damage, everybody has a great time. But we know the reality of the world. You know, things happen. Hey, somebody dings a little bit of the, the gas tank or there's a scratch there when they come back. What is the process and how they could file a claim? Just take me through that process. How simple you're trying to make this for the consumer or I should say the person renting on, and the person who actually rented the, the motorcycle. How does it work? For the consumer, it's fairly easy. Um, after the, if there's an accident, uh, they just go to a website, you know, click the file a claim button, mm -hmm. and they, they upload pictures of the damage, and that's it. 
and the description too, right, of the damage, right? Was there a okay. third part involved? Is it a stationary drop or is it like an actual accident at speed? Uh, because a lot of our accidents with motorcycles are just people they're parking and they drop you on the side. Like oh yeah, I know those are the, those are the, the mistakes that happen. They forget the stand or whatever and it just goes down, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter your experience level. They all, everyone occasionally, especially if it's not your bike, you run, it's people dropping. Right. And so, and then, and that's it. Um, the, we, our system automatically gathers all the pictures from the, from the check-in and check-out, all the information about the rental and the people involved. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then we, we, uh, we, we, it, it puts it all to in one email and we send it to a DPA. Okay. And so then when that's handled, you know, the, the estimates written and just determine how much damage and you get that all done and you actually obviously pay the claim out, all that. What would you say like the thing, the, the biggest mission here is trying to make it, I, I would agree, is to try to make it a simple process, right? To make this a seamless process for the owners, and everybody involved? Yes. And so for them, it doesn't require a lot of work, right? Okay. They just need to upload pictures and, oh, and a picture of the registration right. and, and click a button, right? But on the back end, like we need to, there's, I know that there's somebody manually entering all those pictures, you know, copy pasting or downloading that picture mm -hmm. from the email and uploading it into operational software, yep. and then entering the customer information. And that takes a lot of time. And it's yeah. data entry. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's. That, yeah. That, and, that's, yeah. And, that's, and that's where the, the streamlining of the process, I think, in the future is really going to get a lot simpler. And I think that's where, um, I think a lot of things, in, in insurance in general, what I think a lot of people don't realize, and I think this is where the future is going, and this is, I love to talk about this all the time, is the digitization of the process. It's really creating that seamless process for a vehicle owner, a motorcycle owner, is you get those photographs in, it gets to the right person behind the scenes to make the right decision to get that claim handled fast. And the average consumer, I think, sometimes doesn't realize all the steps, the micro steps that go along uh, to make a claim smooth. And I think, you know, that's what we get you we're used to today a very touchless thing you go you know we go you pay by your you know you can use your phone to pay for things you're doing self-service i think that is really where the future is going and yeah and if you can make making this happen in this motorcycle sector huge huge opportunity to really uh to streamline things so yeah. uh, i must i must add that with peer-to-peer -peer, we have an extra consideration which is the renter sometimes disagrees like i didn't do that you know and, oh okay uh, and so yeah. that's why those photos, that's why those photos make a huge difference too. the pre and post photographs are probably exactly. really important. Yeah. So, you know, let me ask you this. You know, I know you have a passion for business and the, like I said, the articles I've read and everything you're doing there. Um, what would you say like for people out there that are maybe in college right now, they're in some, maybe they're in uh, getting an MBA or maybe they're just, you know, in classes in business and they want to take that step, they want to become an entrepreneur, but they don't really, you know, you, know th th you can go through classes. I guess what I'm saying is you can go through classes all you want, but what are some <laughs> tips behind the scenes? Like if you give some entrepreneurs some ideas that, hey, these are things that I didn't know in class, but I learned along the way. Tips for entrepreneurs. What would you say the best ones are? Some tips. Man. Um. There's yeah, probably so too many. many to talk There's about. There's probably so, so many, many the list so is, you specific. know. I mean, I think everybody has to read uh, the Lean Startup. Uh, the, you know, the Lean Startup methodology is just, if you, you got to start with that. If you, don't, if you haven't read that, don't even bother trying to start a company that, you know, you, 
you, it, it, that's going to save you half of the problems. That's great. Yeah. Uh, the other, and there are so many, right? Like legal and stuff. Uh, in the MBA, they teach you all the ways that you can fuck up, you know, uh, from the very beginning of how you incorporate the company to the very end when you're selling it. Like, and, you know, case in point, we work. That company at what some point was worth $100 billion and now it's worthless. Like, it's at every step of the way, you can ruin it all. And you have to be comfortable with that. And the, the biggest challenge when you're an, an, an entrepreneur, and as any CEO really, is dealing with the uncertainty, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure you do with it too, Ernie, right? Uh, well, like, we're, doing a lot, we're dealing with a lot of that this year, aren't we? I mean, who, who thought this was yeah. going to happen, you know? Exactly. So um, there's a lot. The reason why a lot of CEOs yoga and stuff is because they have so many problems, right? And I got really fucking worried the first time that I failed, and you know, I I just wasted twenty five thousand dollars of my own money. That's that, that, at that time that was all of my savings. I'm like, Jesus, that really hurts, you know. And, I think then, I think when you're taking a risk like that and you're putting your own money on the line, I think that's what a lot of people. I think they don't realize what entrepreneurs have to go through when they're starting out. I think people, you see people on the internet, oh, it's easy, you'll be an entrepreneur, make money fast, but they don't, when they're not putting their own money online, they don't know what it's like. Yeah, no, and, and, do it, and frankly, you, you shouldn't. I did it the wrong way, right? If you're doing it the right way, you, you make money first and then you start putting, you know, reinvesting it into a business, right? Like you figure out a business before you take any risks. You do the risk every step of the equation. And that's kind of where the lean startup comes in. You know, I didn't read that book until after I had blown all that cash. <laughs> hey, but you know, it, it, it's yeah. a learning process. It's a learning process along the way. And I think it, it's, it's about keeping that positive attitude. You know, you know, people can say, yeah, you know, positivity, it, it's not a panacea for every problem. But I mean, you do have to have that kind of mindset. Where you're just going to keep grinding ahead, trying to find ways. Yeah. And, and one thing is that, Losing us 25k, it was really painful at the beginning, but eventually the pain went away, and so I became really, really comfortable with risk. I'm like, you know what? Like, I could take that hit again, and I'll be okay. You know? Yep. And yep. and that's and, and that's the kind of thing like the kind of attitude you need to have as an entrepreneur. You need to be comfortable with failure, like because it's very, very likely to happen. So, so you know, if everything goes to shit and you you go back to your corporate job, you'll be happy, right? You, you need to look at failure as it's just learning. And um, exactly. It's like, it's not failure. It's feedback. You're only learning along the way. And, and like I said, you know, doing this, you have, you have the opportunity. And I, don't, I think people don't realize this is an entrepreneur, you know, when you're bringing people on your company like that, you have to be that inspirational leader and you're, you're affecting people's lives and you have the, you yourself and every, all of us doing this entrepreneur stuff. We have the chance to really lift up people around us, you know? and get totally. inspired and know? one last thing is you, you cannot really make it about the money right because chances are you're going to fail chances are you're going to lose money so you cannot be in it for the money and you need to be you, you need to be a, the, the kind of person that doesn't derive happiness from money you need to call, like there's there's people that live in india you know with one dollar a day as a wage and they're perfectly happy so you don't need all these fancy shit or you need to drive a bmw to be happy you need to be comfortable with that so that when, if you do fail, it's fine. You can just try again. No, no, not a big deal. Right. Yep. Which is, I know it's, it's kind of ironic that, you know, trying to become a millionaire, but like, I, I seriously know that, you know, if worst comes to worst, I don't give a shit. I'll be, you know, I could per be perfectly happy as a homeless person. Right. <laughs> See, and I think the biggest thing you start to realize is, you know, you were talking about the money, the money part of it, 
But I think, and, and this is what kind of comes to one of my final questions as we're starting to wrap up, is that I think, you know, people don't realize you have the ability, you know, we live in a world right now, there's a lot of negativity out there. See it all the time. Oh, yeah. you got all these things going on, frustrating. And I just say to myself, and people ask me, oh, well, how do you stay positive during this? I say, you know what? Hey, I'm just going to be doing what I do, the enthusiasm I have. And this is my question to you. Is it's like, I, how do you like lift up people, inspire people around you? Uh, you know, what are some of your thoughts on, hey, you know what? Besides the money part, wh what do you do to help, you know, your, your, whether it's your employees or people around you to get them, you know, uh, lifted up? Positivity. You know, what works for my employees doesn't work for other people, right? Like with my employees, we're all motorcycle riders. We're all in this to like make motorcycles cool again, right? Mm -hmm. but, uh, but with other people around me, it's, I think everyone needs to, people think 2020 is a bad year. It's a great year. Like as the, all this media makes you think that it's a shit show. The reality is that 2,000 years ago, people were dying of disease, like, you know, 50% of the population of a town would die of disease in one year. Um, you know, some guy on a, with a horde would go and kill everyone and rape all the women in that city, you know, and that happened every day, right? So, like, and people were happy. So, like, as bad as things seem to be, we actually live in a great time. It's incredibly peaceful incredibly materially wealthy we all live like king we eat like kings and it's like so like you know let's let's keep it in perspective we're doing yeah. great guys <laughs> you know you know hey and and the attitude here you know i think you know when you put things in perspective hey you can get out there and we have a lot of there's a lot of opportunity to to, to do great things and, and like use your company right now we're talking about hey you know you're going to go to like you want to go to maybe a subscription model you're always thinking of new things and and, and moving ahead you're going to make 2020. It sounds to me from what you're saying here is you're taking these times and you're saying, okay, how are we going to adjust? How are you, are you getting, trying to get creative right now and thinking of new things all the time? Like passionately, you, you and your, your partners. <laughs> we, we tried to like launch uh, scooters for, to, you know, as a, as a rental alternative for food deliveries. Mm -hmm. And uh, it didn't really work out. Like um, we couldn't, we, what we really need to make that happen is a partnership with Uber Eats or something like that. And we just, like right now they have no lack of drivers or vehicles. So it is there. They have no uh -huh. interest in putting in the work. But uh, so, you know, so what we, we mostly spend the entire year, yes, uh, fixing a bunch of issues that our website still had. We we'll launched motorcycle deliveries, like it's executing a product, right? Uh, which right. We, need to, we need to do it anyways. But like, because we have less customers than we anticipated, we've been able to spend way more time thinking out of that stuff. 2021 is going to be amazing. <laughs> and that's great because you, now you're taking this time, whether you said you're taking this time and you're actually using it as, in a positive manner to get powered up. Because, I mean, hey, we're already, uh, you know, it's, it's the, winding down the end of the year. And I always, in, in my, even my business, I always look at things like this. This is the time to prep for the next year. All the work you put in now is going to pay off when the year starts. And that that's, sounds like exactly what you're doing. So, you know, I want to, as we wrap up here, I want to close this. You know, it's been a great conversation hearing about your company. Uh, let our let our listeners know if they tell us is there anything exciting you have you're launching or anything how to get a hold of you tell our listeners how they could if they have a motorcycle and they want to lease <laughs> tell, them how, tell them how to get a hold and you yes, our, web, our website is www.riders-share.com awesome and uh, like I said, uh, you, any of the listeners out there, go there, check it out. If you have a motorcycle you're interested, reach out to them. Sounds like an exciting company. And Guillermo, it's great to have you on. Love to hear the story. It was great hearing the, everything about you guys. 
This has been Focus on Claims with Ernie Bray, President and CEO of ACD.